Hello and welcome to Kobe's podcast. The following is an extract of an interview with Dr. Fatuma. Dr. Fatuma is one of the great and good of evolutionary biology. His achievements are far too many to name here, but to summarise, he is an emeritus professor of Stony Brook. He's a member of the United States National Academy of Sciences, and he has authored one of the most popular evolutionary biology textbooks. In the following, we discuss what Dr. Fatuma thinks are the most interesting topics for evolutionary biologists to study in the future. And he also talks about why developmental biology is such an interesting field. I hope you enjoy. I'm curious, if you had your own lab again, and you were going to start a research project, or you were going to start looking at a new area of evolutionary biology, what would you choose to study? Topics where if you said, okay, Doug, you can sort of start your research career all, all over again. You don't have to, you don't have to stick with insects, you know, and host plants, you know, what else would you like to do? Um, one is, we were just talking about speciation. Why do species evolve to become reproductively isolated? So in birds, for example, we know that very often a difference in song or a difference in the coloration of the male determines whether or not the female will accept him as a mate. And so related species of birds become different from one another in their songs or in their coloration. And those differences are what effectively then determine whether females will mate only with their own males or with the other kind of male as well. Now, why do these differences in coloration, let's say in birds uh, and, and, and song for that matter, um, why do they evolve? Well, an important part of that is sexual selection. So this was Darwin's idea, and it's a, it's a big topic, but to boil down the important part of it, Darwin's idea was that males evolve to be brightly colored in birds and to have all kinds of fancy plumes and ornaments and to engage in elaborate dancing display behaviors and to sing all kinds of elaborate songs. Darwin postulated that these features evolved because they made males more appealing to females. Okay. Um, this raises the question, which is a big, big research topic now, this raises the question, why should females prefer a male just because he's got a longer tail or a bigger crest or he's louder or you know, does a fancier dance? Why would a female want that? Um, especially when it results in something as crazy as a peacock, you know, with this, these long, long, long back feathers. They're not tail feathers, actually, they're back feathers. Um, but these crazy long feathers that make it hard to fly. You know, this, seem, this seems really crazy. Um, so, so that's a big topic of research right now. And uh, there, are, there are several ideas about why females evolved to, to have evolved to prefer these wacky kinds of males. Um, and one of the popular ideas is that um, these features of a male, you know, a louder song, a longer tail feathers and so forth, are indications that he is healthy enough to be able to sing loudly or healthy enough to be able to grow really long train feathers or, or back feathers or, or, or tail feathers. And as such, then, it would be advantageous for a female to choose a male who has big ornaments or loud songs because those males are likely to be really healthy and have genes that would be enable her to have healthy offspring, which then would improve her fitness, would increase her fitness. Um, 
Now, this is, there's some evidence for this idea, there's some evidence that it's not necessarily always the case, it's Nancy Weber, but what by and large is not being studied is why do these features become different in different populations and why do the females' preferences and tastes and quirks, why do the females evolve, evolve to become different in different populations of a species so that they eventually become two different, the populations become different species in which the females prefer different colorations or different songs or different behaviors on the part of their males. You see, so this goes back to understanding reproductive isolation and that very often it's simply a matter that the two birds, you know, the two, the two kinds of birds just don't mate together very often. And the question I would like to know is why do they evolve these differences in their mating preferences and the characteristics that, that the females use to choose males? You know, and I, that is very, very little understood. You have a hypothesis. Uh, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Um, well, the, yeah, the, 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 to the extent that this good genes, healthy genes idea holds true, the, um, presumably then that would mean that um, in two different populations, for some reason, the genes that, are partic that, are ma that make, make a male and his offspring particularly healthy or fit, that those genes are different in the two different populations, and those genes may be linked to different genes that are associated with coloration or song. Okay? And, um, and there's at least, I know of at least one study that hints at this possibility. So there's one kind of bird we have here in eastern North America called the common yellow throat. It's one of the wood warblers, which has a black, the male has a black mask and a bright yellow throat. And it turns out that in, uh, in New York, the females particularly go for males that have bright yellow throats and they by and large don't care too much about the black mask. Whereas in Wisconsin, in the center of the US, um, the females tend to be more turned on by males that have a black mask and the throat color isn't as, as important. Um, and, it, and there is some evidence that those characteristics are associated with differences in disease in genes that are part of the, the uh, immune system. And that so they and so it may well be that in New York, having a bright yellow throat is a signal to a female that I have particularly good immune genes that your offspring could could inherit. And in Wisconsin, it's the black mask that may signal that same uh, aspect of, of genetic health and immunity against parasites. So this this I mean there's a big open area here that I think would be just really interesting to explore. Wow, I guess what strikes me there is what what would be the the mechanism? I mean, how how would the female know inverted commas that the that that's what the yellow neck means? Uh, well, well, of course she doesn't know, um, uh, but rather behaviors such as look, we do know we do know that 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 females of different species or different populations do differ. In, in, in their preferences for different kinds of males, and that that difference is programmed in their genes. Okay? Beautiful study of crickets has shown this where um, in, in the Hawaiian islands, where on different islands you have populations of the cricket in which the males sing, have, make slightly different songs, 
and the females, you can tell in the laboratory, the females are born with, they are innate, have an innate preference for the particular frequency of the song of that population that they are part of. And so what that means is that genes which are affecting the female's preference are evolving, they are subject to natural selection. Okay, and so let's let's put it this way. Suppose you have two suppose you have two two kinds of crickets, and one has a fast song and the other has a slow song. And it happens to be that crickets, that male crickets with a fast song, have particularly good uh, immunity against a certain kind of disease. Well, females that choose that kind of male will have an advantage in terms of producing healthy, surviving offspring. They will have an advantage over females that don't choose that kind of male, or or pretty you know pretty uh, random in terms of who they choose to mate with. Any genes that females have that predispose them to mate only with the with the healthy kind of male with a fast song. Any genes that such females have will then be passed on to a greater extent than alternative genotypes. Of, of females, which who are more indifferent to what kind of male they, 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 they choose. Okay, so it's not as if a female cricket knows anything. It's a it's that she's her her behavior is in large part programmed by by genes, and those genes are subject to natural selection in terms of what of what kind of offspring she is going to she produces, whether they're healthy and carry on those genes, or unhealthy, and so the, the her genes would die with them. Ah, oh, fantastic. So you have plenty of ideas then? <laughs> I, those are just two, right? Yeah. Um, well, let me, let, me just, let me just say, and if, if, there's any, if there's anyone out there who's listening saying, wow, I want to be an evolutionary biologist, what would be a good, a good area, a new exciting area? Let me just mention one more. And this is, this is an area where I have no, no particular knowledge or competence, but I would really encourage and this is, I referred to it earlier, uh, evolutionary developmental biology. How does the developmental process uh, evolve during evolution to give rise to different phenotypes? Let me give you one very simple example. Um, compare the foot of a chicken to the foot of a duck. And what's the difference? The duck has webs between the toes and the chicken doesn't. Okay. What's responsible for that difference? If you were to actually look at the development of a duck embryo and turning into a, into a duckling and a chick embryo turning into a chick is that they both start out with slightly webbed feet, okay? As the foot is developing, there's webs between the toes. What happens in the chicken is that there's something called programmed cell death where the cells that make up the web between the toes, basically they're programmed to die leaving only the free toes that have the bones, you know, the, the, di the digits, the bones. Whereas in the duck, those, those cells don't die, they keep developing and they become the web between the toes. Okay? So here's a very simple example of a developmental process that's responsible for a really interesting difference and a, a very adaptive difference between these two groups of birds. Okay? You know, and so we, this is a fascinating area where you would like to know what if, for other kinds of features of organisms, what what is the developmental underpinning of how they of of, of, of why they have different characteristics, you know, from one another, um, and what can we then learn about the genetic control of that developmental underpinning, okay. and when you know when that evolved and how it how it how it evolved, and this is very relevant to things like the origin of novel characteristics of really new characteristics, you know. Feathers, you know, birds have feathers. 
you know, this is like a totally unique characteristic, okay? And the structure of a feather and its mode of development is really different from any, anything else that any other vertebrate animal has. Where did feathers come from, you know? And really understanding the developmental and genetic processes that underlie the origin of a, of a new feature like that is, you know, I think that's one of the biggest black boxes in biology and one that would be really fascinating to study. Now, I should say by that, of course, that, you know, here I'm, I'm talking here about things that I, as, as a biologist, who just, I just love the diversity of life. This is what made me a biologist. I'm interested in all kinds of animals and plants. Um, you know, there are obviously, of course, at the same time, all kinds of areas of evolutionary biology that are more immediately relevant to human concerns, to social concerns. And I don't know if that's something you might want to come back to later, but the I hope you enjoyed that. What a cliffhanger finish. If you want to know about the more practical applications of certain areas of evolutionary biology, watch this feed. More will follow. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.